put my timer on. My wife's afraid I'm going to preach too long. She's afraid I'm going to preach too short. That's really what it is. So I'm going to go ahead and put this timer on. If I start reading from the book of Leviticus, no, I haven't finished my sermon. Hold on one second. All right. Amen. Good to have uh, Stephen and Regina back. Amen. So, and, and I didn't know, but pink does look good on you, so that's good. All right. I couldn't help it. Sorry. I'm just jealous. I wish I could. You got the... <laughs> Well, about seven years ago, um, I stood on a stunning golf course with the blistering Colorado sun beaming down on my back as I stood what felt like an eternity for my bride to walk down the grass. It was an outdoor wedding, small by Persian standards. Um, Usually Persian weddings are like three weeks long, but it was perfect by our standards. And uh, we had vows. They were written by um, my sister-in-law, and she kind of emailed it to us. And so we were taking and adding some things away. But there was a part of the vow that we just kind of kept intact. Um, And I'm sure it's bred in most weddings. Um, And I took a chunk of that out, and I'm going to read it here tonight. Is that all right? All right. It reads, I promise to love you without reservation, comfort you in times of distress, encourage you to reach toward your higher calling, laugh with you, cry with you, grow with you in mind and spirit, always be open and honest with you, and cherish you for as long as we both shall live. Powerful, right? At an old age of 28, I got married. So my dad calls me. I was too old to get married. Um, Because you should be 21 when you get married. I had no idea what those vows meant. I accepted him on surface level. I was like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. I love you, baby. Oh, yeah, to the moon. But I had no idea what it all entailed. And I, I think that's, that's true. I mean, we've, we've had, it was a bit, you know, wedding is a roller coaster. Um, and um, overall, it's been good. It's been good. We've had our downs and ups and all that good stuff. So... Uh, but, but, but the vows become more, more clear. They become, you understand them better. Let me put it that way. Um, and, and I think that sometimes we do that in the scriptures as well. And uh, I want to look at um, Matthew 22, verse 34. Um, now here we are. Uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are arguing about which of the 613 commandments is the best, uh, which is a typical argument you have at your lunch table. Um, So now when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they assembled together, 
and one of them. It's always one. And an expert in religious law asked him a question to test him. So it wasn't even with the right intentions. He was trying to trap Jesus. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? It's a very simple question, right? And Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is just like it. Bring it to the same level as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And watch verse 40. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. So there you go. You got an abridged version of the entire Bible right there. If you don't get, if you're reading the scriptures and you don't get that, you're reading it wrong. That's literally those two commandments. But the, the area I want to focus on is the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment. It is so foundational to a disciple's life. Uh, you know, the idea of giving everything to Jesus. Loving him. This total being, our entire self, loving Jesus. And as we read it, kind of carefully, um, it doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. Um, if we read it very closely, it says all. It doesn't say some. Everything. Your heart, your mind, your soul, everything needs to love Jesus. This is foundational. If you do not love the Lord with all your being, you are breaking this commandment. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. So this is where, it, where they pull it out of from. It's called the Shema. Uh, listen, in Hebrew. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. You go, this is kind of where the verse is so pivotal in uh, Jewish culture that they actually have it on their doorposts. Um, and I, I want to read uh, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. So there's multiple gods. There's no idols. There's just one God. You must love the Lord your God with your whole mind, your whole being, and all of your strength. Everything. Everything. Verse 6, these words I am commanding you today must be kept in mind. You must teach them to your children. So the primary educators of our children is not the pastor or Sunday school teachers. It's us, the parents. That's, that's how I read it. So they're secondary. So we need to teach our kids about Jesus. It's very, very important. And speak of them as you sit in your house, as you walk along the road, as you lie down, and as you get up. 
constantly thinking about Jesus. You should tie them as a reminder on your forearm and fasten them as symbols on your forehead. Inscribe them on the door frames of your houses and gates. Jewish culture, they literally do this. They have devices where they put on their foreheads. In other words, our everyday walk should be centered around Jesus. Everything revolves around this commandment. Our whole being. Doesn't sound like a marriage vow, right? Something kind of impossible. You're like, what? So, if, see how I'm doing my time here. All right. If you love your spouse more than you love the Lord, your spouse has now become an idol in your life. If your spouse is dictating what you do in the church, they've become your new God. All right? It's getting kind of quiet here. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. God always sends the comedian to, t- to preach the tough messages here. All right. All your being, right? All your being. If you love your children more than you love the Lord, your children have now become an idol in your life. If your children dictate when you come to church, when you're involved. Now, I'm not saying I understand, but you have babies and all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying if, you, if you're missing the summers because it's too difficult because of kids, your kids are now becoming an idol in your life. If your career is more important than what God has called you to do, then your career has now become an idol in your life. Sorry, can't make it to church services. I work every day. Okay. Fantastic. How are you supposed to get connected to the body of Christ? How are you supposed to preach and hear the word of the Lord if you're always working? Now, I didn't say don't work, don't have a career. It's saying if your career dictates what you do. Now, I understand there's one-offs and things happen, but if you're working 90, 100 hours a week and you're never, ever here, That's an idol. Right? If you're more concerned about where you're going in your career, and if all your energy and your focus is on your career, then now that has become an idol in your life. It's going to get... I thought those were the tough ones. It's going to get even more tougher. If your parents' opinion is more important than what God has said, your parents' opinion has now become an idol in your life. Some of my parents, I'll leave it at this, just, I don't talk about church planning with my parents, okay? They don't understand it. There's no money in it, so they don't understand it. I really didn't bring you all the way to America to go and be broke. 
Um, of course, I always bring Joel Osteen. I'm like, look at Joel Osteen. Look how great he's doing. I, I apologize. I should have set the reference. But anyway, um, if your parents' opinion is more important than what God has said, now that is an idol in your life. And that's a big deal for a Middle Eastern guy like me because your parents' opinion is, is gold, right? If your children's education is more important than their spiritual education, then your children's education has now become an idol in their life. We're all about education here. All right, our, our pastor has a PhD, so we're all about education here. I want to make sure we cl- hear me clearly here. But if, if, if your kid is missing every service, every Sunday, because they're doing back-to-back homework, okay, balance. Because now that has become an idol. Sorry, we just can't make it. There's church, you know, there's school functions, and we want to be involved. There's nothing wrong with being involved in school functions. But if you're, if you're gone half the year, yeah, that's an idol. That has become more important than what God wants you to do. If your plans are more important than the plans God has had for you, then now your plans have become an idol in your life. And I talked about this last Saturday, I mean last Sunday, right? This, your plans, your own plans, not God's plans, your plans, your ideas, what you want to do. So now they become extremely important. And so now we're fighting for those plans. Well, now that has become an idol in your life instead of listening to what God has called you to do. If your political party ideology is more important than God's ideology, then your political party's ideology has now become an idol in your life. Sorry, folks. Neither party is biblically accurate. Don't baptize your candidates you can, I believe in voting. You can go ahead and support your candidates. Go ahead. But don't, don't say, oh, they're, they're the, the perfect candidate because they're not. Neither party is. We can, you can sit with me afterwards. We can talk about all kinds of fun things that they don't follow in the Bible. Don't remember that. And we sometimes mix the two. And I've seen pastors do that. They mix the two. They, they bring in party ideology and they completely miss the scriptures. If your pastor's opinion is more important than God's opinion, now your pastor's opinion has become an idol in your life. See, it, it, it involves, this, I'm being the, this is the practical aspect of this verse here. I'm walking through it. Right? It's like those marriage vows. You have no idea what's going to be coming. You thought it was all fairy tales and it was fantastic, and it's not. It's work. Marriage is work. It's hard work. And we're both in the church, so I can only imagine if not having God in your life and having to work on your marriage. God help us. If your modern-day comforts are more important than what God has called you to do, then that has now become an idol. I like air conditioning. I don't want to go to Nigeria. We were in a church in St. Louis. The heater went out. 
So we all had like 15 layers in church. And guess what? I complained the entire time. I love to complain. It's my favorite thing to do. Guess what? That's an idol in my life. Now it's going to get real here, folks. If your children's safety is more important to you than where God has called you to go, now your children's safety has become an idol in your life. Now that's a hard one for me to swallow. I don't like that one. We just got a call on Friday about an active shooter within a three-mile radius of of where Julia just started school. It wasn't a big deal. I'm just, all right, it was, it was fine. They got the guy, but no, I'm not called to Nigeria, right? I'm not going to Nigeria. I was one of these missionaries. They just take off and sell everything and take their kids. They must be horrible parents. What kind of parents would take their kids to that kind of place, right? They listen to the word of the Lord. If your life and staying alive is more important than going where God has called you, now your life has now become an idol in your life. I don't want to die. No, I don't think God's calling us to put ourselves and, you know, get martyred or anything like that. But I'm just saying is if God's calling you to do something, is it dictated about your life? You know, we prayed for a pastor. He said, if I don't make it, there's a nice succession plan and we're going to be just fine. That's real. This is, this is where it really hits the road, right? Do you really love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul? I don't. I want to be transparent with you guys. I don't. I have, I have issues I have to work out. Because there's a lot of things here that I have a hard time with, that God's calling me to do, that I have a very difficult time doing. All right? There's idols that I have to deal with. Till death do us apart. We have somehow cheapened this commitment. Right? You go to churches, as, as long as you just accept it, then that's it. You're set. Boom. Way to go, my friend. As long as you just get the Holy Ghost to get baptized in Jesus' name, all right, now you're, now you're set. Just go ahead and sit on the pew and you're done. And God's like, no, you're not done. Buddy, you're, you're called to be a disciple. And I'm talking to disciples here tonight, Right? All right, you're going to have to you're going to have to work some things out. And that means putting him first. I am not my wife's first love. I'm like the fifth, but I'm not the first. The first one is is of course Jesus. There's several other people that that fall ahead of me. My wife is not my first love. Jesus is. There's this nice, healthy balance. Is it always balanced? No. 
it's a nice healthy balance. This is, this is pivotal to disciples. It's foundational to our walk with the Lord. Now, I don't think God's calling you to, you know, not sleep ever again because now sleep has become an idol in your life. No, that's not what I'm talking about. As you can see, if you read the whole passage, it's, it says liking your neighbor as yourself. So now obviously self-care is in there as well. But I, I always find, you know, all oh, this commitment to, to, to coming to church and, and God kind of convicting you about things. Those are, those are simple stuff. When God starts going after your thoughts, oh, you're not even talking it out loud. He starts going after your thoughts. Yes, he does. He says, no, I don't want you to have those thoughts. I know you hate the man, but you can't have those thoughts against him. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is discipleship right here. This is what this word means. This is what, what it means to love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind. It's a commitment. And, yes, just listening to the Lord and going wherever he takes you. Of course, he's not going to put you in dangerous places but he, because he's going to protect you. Or he might take you. It's kind of a win-win, right? As we learned this morning. Do you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? And then I'm, I'm, I'm ending, 25 minutes, I apologize, I'm ending, um, if the music could come. And if he is the main priority, and if you do love him, then why is it so difficult to do what he asks you to do? Why do we hesitate? Why do we Wait. Right? Because idols are not just your cell phone or Baal or some crazy thing that's so easy. Of course, that's an idol. But idols is everything in our life. And they just pop up. Sometimes your fear of death just pops up. And now your fear of staying alive, you want to stay alive, then that just becomes an idol in your life and it just it paralyzes you and what you can do for the Lord. You know, you're... I have, I have kids. I, I worry about my kids and their safety. But at the end of the day, I got to go where the Lord sends me. I love my wife, but the word trumps my wife's opinion. And same with her. I am not her first love. So this is this balance. <laughs> we could stand. This balance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. Asalamasarasataya. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, work the idols out of my heart, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to think about you, Jesus. Help me to keep you center of everything I do, Lord. Hallelujah. It's a fight every day, Jesus. It's a fight, Lord, of mattering your opinions over everyone else's, Lord. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious.